Welcome to Chatsunami. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Chatsunami. My name's Satsunami and joining me atop the lookout tower is none other than the one and only Jess from Opinionated Lushes. Jess, welcome to Chatsunami. Hi, thanks so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this episode has been a good couple of months in the making, hasn't it? Yeah, I actually replayed this game in the meantime that we're going to be talking about, so it's all fresh. Yeah. <laughs> It's always the best though when you do get time because it's like sometimes you get episodes where you're like, okay, let's do the recording tomorrow and then others where you're like, I need to replay that or rewatch something. Yeah, I like forgot so many parts in this game that like, uh, I'm glad I replayed it because there was just so many things that I missed, I guess. <laughs> I mean, especially with indie games. Yeah, there, there's just so much that you're walking through it and then someone brings it up. Like before we talk about what we are actually going to be discussing today, have you ever had that when you're playing a game and you look back at the comments that people have left online and they're like oh I love that bit where you go into the room and you get the easter egg yes every time I miss things all the time and I never realize until I finish the game and then I look at the achievements list and I'm like how did I only do nine achievements I played 20 hours what are you talking about (laughs) you know (laughs) like how did I spend so much time and only get nine of like 50 achievements like that's ridiculous and then you have to replay it because I can't can't leave things unfinished 100% <laughs> oh no absolutely it's like you do look at that list I know exactly the feeling it's all like grayed out and yep. you're just looking at it like this is disgraceful <laughs> <laughs> I need those achievements filled up and I call myself a gamer <laughs> <laughs> the Xbox just rushing you back going yep go back or Steam or whatever just like go on go on go back but of course today we are indeed going to be talking about the indie game Firewatch which I'm going to be honest, I didn't realise this came out in 2016. For anybody who's been listening for a while, they'll know that I am absolutely terrible, see, when it comes to playing popular games like this. Honestly, I say, oh, that looks like such a good game. Let me put it on the backlog and I'll just leave it there. And then I'll come back years later and play it. There's so many games. Like, have you done that before? Yeah. So I used to watch a lot of video game YouTubers, especially about around 2015, 2016. And when Whenever I watch them start a game that I'm like, I want to play this, I'd pause the video and then go buy it. And Firewatch was one of those. A YouTuber was playing it. I saw the opening. I was like, that's beautiful. Pause. Went, bought it. And then I just played it right away. Like right when it came out. Like I said, I'm glad I replayed it. But that happens to me all the time. I will see a game and I'm like, I'm going to play this. I add it to my wish list. Now my wish list on Steam is like 2000 plus. And then if I get it, I get it. And then it adds to my list of games that I'm going to play, but still haven't played because I'm too busy replaying games and playing my favorite games so I have like 600 games on my steam account and there's probably a good 200 plus that I haven't actually touched yet it's so bad and like some of them I bought when they came out I just haven't gotten to them it's terrible when that happens though because the reason that I got into firewatch and this is going to be like a really weird tumbling down the rabbit hole kind of thing here but I remember I had bought years ago I think it was around 2013 2014 I learned about the humble bundles because I was a student at the time I was like oh I have to have a 
all these games were really cheap so I had like this FOMO of missing out so I was buying like all these games and one of the games that I bought was it was like an RPG maker bundle and one of the games that came with that was To The Moon which technically I only played it last year and it's just it's became one of my favourite games of all time but then that set me down a path of going to other indie games and things so like What Remains of Edith Finch oh I loved that game that was so it's so good doesn't it yeah (laughs) my friend has been saying that for ages oh you should play that game and I was like yeah I'll get to it I'll get to it and then of course I saw it on Game Pass and I'm like oh right okay I'll try it and yeah not gonna lie there wasn't a dry eye at the house by the end of it I was just like brilliant game I've always been a fan of indie games more so than even like AAA popular games and when I started gaming I didn't really have a lot of money so like when AAA games came out and where they were like $80 plus I couldn't afford that but I could get an, an indie game for less than $10 so I would just started playing all these indie games that I find have like so much better storytelling <laughs> than a lot of AAA games the graphics tend to be more artistic versus a lot of AAA games that try to I guess do more realism and that kind of stuff to the point where like some of my tattoos are actually like indie games I'm really big into horror point and clicks so a lot of point and click horror games I have like tattooed on me (laughs) just because they were like such great games how can I not they're amazing characters so indie games are always where it's at for me I honestly feel as if the older I'm getting and I I say the older I'm getting I'm about uh, you know I've just reached the big 3-0 last year so I'm like I'm yelling (laughs) at kids to get off my lawn I'm saying the youth of today they have no idea no idea yeah back in my day we had to blow into the cartridge and put it into the N64 (laughs) you know I used to be really big into things like Pokemon and Sonic Mm -hmm. and things and don't get me wrong I still am still have a soft spot for those kind of games but the older I get I feel as if I'm not really getting into big expansive games that take days to finish you know like Red Dead Redemption 2 or these kind of big games because uh, I brought that up because I streamed that I remember I think last year the year before on Twitch and I remember playing it and I just I wasn't having fun with it you know that way where it's like it's objectively a good game and everything it looks great you know the story's good but I was just like I'm not enjoying this but then I go to a game like To The Moon which again that had me weeping in the corner (laughs) or you've got What Remains of Edith Finch another beautiful game even games like Coffee Talk have you played that one? Oh yeah I loved Coffee Talk it was so good it really is like I was so surprised at how much I enjoyed that because literally the premise of the game is you make coffee and you listen to people's problems but you know the more I was playing it the more I was like oh tell me more please tell me more about your drama text-based games I feel like where the gameplay is mostly just like reading and answering and it's just text there's not like crazy graphics a lot of those games I find have really deep storytelling because that's what the sale point is like I've played a few and I remember starting them and being like uh I don't know maybe this will be boring but then yeah it draws you in because you get to know these characters on like a deeper level than say some games where it's all about the action it's true because you do get these games that nowadays when they're in the triple a bracket they want to be a lot more you know over the top bombastic I always remember in especially for Call of Duty there was somehow an emphasis 
emphasis on saying, oh, we got this writer from this very famous movie and everything. He's going to be writing the story. <laughs> and of course, maybe Call of Duty's like fandom isn't the best place for these like epic storylines and everything. And it's a shame that's the way it went. But you're totally right. For these indie games, there's definitely an emphasis on storytelling. And especially going back to what we're talking about today with Firewatch, I have to admit, I've been wanting to play this game for absolutely ages. And I remember downloading it and I was like, okay, I'll play it eventually. And you know, it sat there for ages. I didn't touch it at all. And then I got a notification saying, look at all these games coming onto Game Pass. And I'm like, oh, cool, this and that. And it's like, and here's the games that are leaving Game Pass. And I saw Firewatch <laughs> pop up and I'm like, oh no, I'm going to play this game as soon as possible. So I will admit, I did race through it quite a bit. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to play it before they take it away from me for free. That's kind of how I got into it. I have to admit, I went through this phase of going through, I still haven't gone through the phase, who am I kidding? But I went through this phase of you know, going through indie games and things, and especially these quote-unquote walking simulators. But I'm quite curious, before we talk about the game itself, how did you get into Firewatch? So I really got into watching, have you heard of well, um, Markiplier? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. that small indie creator, yeah. Markiplier <laughs> literally just, well, I don't know. I don't, Sorry, I don't I'm know. joking. Sorry. <laughs> We're oceans away. I don't know what your media consumption <laughs> is, you know? <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> Actually, I started watching him because my son was watching him. And he spends time playing a lot of indie games, particularly indie horror games. And so I kind of got into there. And then I started on Steam. And I'm a sucker for a Steam sale. So if I see something 90% off and its reviews are mostly positive, I'm probably just going to buy it because I might want to play it one day. And so I saw a little brief glimpse of like Firewatch game through. I love beautiful landscapes. I love games that spend time on those landscapes, make them look like a painting. There's another game called Lake. I don't know if you've oh, heard of it. Yeah. It's again, simple gameplay. You're a mail delivery driver. Like that's in a small town. You just get to drive around, but the landscape's beautiful. And like that just intrigues me and gets me in. And once I'm in, then I'm like playing it and trying to finish it. But but it gets me in just the beautiful artwork and the amazing voice acting too. Like it starts, you know, and you're just like, wow, this is believable. I mean, that's how they hook you in, to be fair. Yeah, well, it just feels personal. It feels like you're catching a glimpse into someone's like life. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so those kind of games really, I mean, that strike an emotional chord, which I feel like a lot of walking simulators do. It just, you know, it's like watching a really emotional movie that you're also controlling. It's an experience. Because, I mean, going back to something you were saying before, it's like the emphasis on these indie games and especially in terms of like walking simulators and things like that is the interpersonal relationships between the characters themselves and the story and trying to make it as relatable as possible because you can't have well sometimes you can but nine times out of ten you can't really have like a massive bombastic action filled story on such a limited budget or a limited team and things like that and I feel as if that's where they have the advantage and I know that sounds like such a first world problem be like oh no AAA studios have too much money oh no but it does feel like that though sometimes it's like because they've got all that backing and everything they usually try to make it as big and bold as possible whereas these games have to work in their you know within their means. Yeah well I feel like if you have to work within like a confinement then you try to be as creative as you can while in those rules but if you have all the resources I feel like it's really 
hard to like find a place to go because you can literally do anything. Sometimes those rules help you limit what's going to happen. And then you get to focus on what actually matters instead of, you know, other things. (laughs) Oh, no, totally. (laughs) But see, without any further ado, will we just jump into why Firewatch is by far one of the, I would say, like, the games of the year that you should be playing, but this game came out in 2016. <laughs> like, I, I feel as if people should have played it by now. <laughs> but, but it still holds up, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're like me and you haven't played this game yet, please go away and play it before we jump in, because, yeah, we will probably be diving spoilers. into spoilers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I always forget, it's like, just as I'm about to talk about the plot and the main part of the episodes, I'm like, oh, yeah, and when so-and-so, and then I stop myself and I go, oh, wait, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> so yeah, this is your spoiler warning for this. So yeah, go away and play it or watch a walkthrough. Go away and do that. <laughs> I don't mean go, go away. We don't go want away. you here. <laughs> play it first. <laughs> you know, like that's the first thing they say in the podcast business school, I'm sure. First of all, say to your audience, go away. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they want to hear. <laughs> But on that note, we will go and, yeah, make sure there's no fires around us and we will be right back after these messages. Welcome to Shatsunami, a variety podcast that discusses topics from gaming and films to anime and general interests. Previously on Shatsunami, we've analysed what makes a good horror game, conducted a retrospective on Pierce Brosnan's runs James Bond, and listened to us take deep dives into both the Sonic and Halo franchises. Also, if you're an anime fan, then don't forget to check us out on our sub-series Chatsunani, where we dive into the world of anime. So far, we've reviewed things like Death Note, Princess Mononoke, and the hit Beyblade series. If that sounds like your cup of tea, then you can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and all good podcast apps. As always, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated. I'm here to get drunk. <laughs> I have about half a cup of vodka. Drink, drink, drink. Wait, are we live? Hi, I'm Jessica. One professional skill that I would really like to learn is stripping. I'm Sonia. Because, like, I'm okay with not being artistic. Like, I'm just like, that's cool. And I'm Don Marie. And we are Opinionated Lushes. I'll, I'll, make, a, I'll make a tomato oh. vodka soup. Also known as, like, a Caesar. <laughs> Once a week, we get together to drink and talk shit. We start our episodes off with a question and a drink word. We usually never stay on topic or wait for the drink word to start drinking. There's a new episode of Opinionated Lushes every Friday on all streaming platforms. Just testing mattresses. Why isn't that a job? (laughs) It it probably is. An unedited episode Saturday on YouTube. Just want to tell people you love them? Yeah. Sometimes you need it. It just sounds dangerous. Have a cocktail suggestion? A topic of interest? A good drinking word? Feel free to DM us on Instagram or email us at opinionatedlushes at gmail.com. If I don't know you, I will. (laughs) So go ahead, grab a drink, any kind of drink, and get ready to laugh with us and share our drunken opinions. This episode is sponsored by Zencaster. If you're a podcaster that records remotely like me, then you'll know how challenging it can be to create the podcast you've always wanted. That's where Zencaster comes in. Before I met Zencaster, I was but a naive podcaster, recording on low quality, one track audio waves. (laughs) 
but with Zencaster, you can kiss those fears goodbye as they provide crystal clear audio and HD video. Plus, with our all-in-one podcasting suite, recording with guests is extremely simple. From local recordings to post-production, Zencaster has it all. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code CHATSUNAMI. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. So let's discuss Firewatch because, as I said, this has definitely been an episode that you and I have been itching to record for. (laughs) Yes, for a while, yeah. So do you want to give the listeners at home a brief overview about what this game's actually about? Okay, so you play as Henry. His wife ended up developing early onset dementia. So while it kind of starts with text dialogue, which I thought was awesome before you get to the forest, I thought... that was so smart but anyways your wife is sick she goes to stay with her parents you decide i need to get away i'm gonna take this fire watch job and now you're in the woods watching fires talking to your boss who's in a different tower delilah and there's a mystery component involving missing hikers and a strange figure and you're trying to solve that while also you know walking around a beautiful landscape and forest that's pretty like the bare bones of what that there's a lot (laughs) going on there it's like 90 days or something it jumps but you know there's a lot going on there but that's the basic premise of firewatch i think no it's a great summary for sure <laughs> because you're completely you're completely right there is just so much going on in this game you've got yeah as you said the mystery components the missing hikers you've got quite a creepy undertone at some points but just jumping back to something you were saying earlier when you were talking about how it begins with text dialogue and everything and you have to choose your options that I have to admit took me by surprise when I first played this because I thought maybe the rest of the game was going to be like this you just had to choose (laughs) your options or something like a Commodore 64 game or something (laughs) I was like where do you want to go YN you know you're like what the hell but no, I have to admit, I got quite emotional at some bits and I'm like, this is ridiculous. This game is just tech so far. It's not <laughs> even, you know, there wasn't any major visuals or anything that flash yeah. up on the screen. It's literally just text. And it's just so heartbreaking because in that couple of text prompts that you get, you just get this whole overview about this poor guy called Henry. And of course, his wife, who, as you pointed out, is developing early onset dementia. And I have to admit my heart sank see when I was reading that she was getting confused at her work she was getting a lot more agitated and she couldn't speak and I was just like oh my god no obviously a horrible thing to go through and everything and when you start to see what Henry's seeing and everything you're like oh no and just the kind of downward spiral because I mean minus the death of course it's almost like a text based version of up you know when it starts (laughs) off you know really cheery and oh look it's a happy couple they get a dog together and then it just spirals and you're like oh sweet Jesus no and some of the choices that they offer end up being like two hard choices like neither choice is a good choice but you have to make those choices and I felt like that was what was emotional for me it was like the idea of do you just keep taking care of her even though the care might not be adequate you have to go to work you have to or or do you put her in a home and that, and that's a hard thing to like especially when your wife is so young you expect to live into your 80s and then deal with those questions not married for a couple years it is definitely a more realistic take I would say Mm -hmm. like it's not a game 
game that offers a good option, bad option, like most games do. Yeah. And I feel as if going back to what we were saying about indie games, it's kind of a strength of them where they can say, oh, you thought you were getting a happy game with Firewatch. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, no, 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 no. You get back. Get your happiness and optimism out of here. We're starting strong. <laughs> uh, how did you feel about Henry eventually just like leaving and going to Firewatch for months? knowing his wife was away at her parents and he chose not to go with her. How did that make you feel? On the surface level, it's definitely a horrible thing to do. But at the same time, it felt like a very human reaction. Yeah. You know, it's not like he was saying, oh, I'm going to try the best that I can. Because obviously the family step in. And as far as I remember, I think he gets a... Does he not get a DUI or something coming back and he gets arrested? Yeah, he goes through a hard time yeah 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 something like that and then that's when the family find out and they take over and you know they force them out of you know looking after and everything and there's obviously that sense of I suppose maybe inadequacy from Henry's part like he wants to be a good partner but I mean especially with something like dementia that is such a hard thing for someone to take care of on their own it's like it's not something they can go out it can work and then they can come back (laughs) especially in America I hate to say that but like that's Mm -hmm. where the is set it's not the best place to have to take care of a sick loved one so no totally you're (laughs) right i mean coming from someone who lives in scotland yeah no totally (laughs) i would say that it seems like a very human reaction because obviously you've got that term of fight or flight Mm -hmm. and i know it's kind of like a weird way to use it in this sense is he going to stay and fight for his wife is he going to you know stand up to her family and you know kind of step up a bit or is he going to go away for months on end to that place and I feel as if in a way if you look above the kind of surface level of it definitely he probably needed that time away to Mm -hmm. clear his head and to kind of have that retrospective time to himself because we've all been through hard Hard times times, maybe not yeah maybe not as bad as that but at the same time we've all been through hard times where you do just want to run away you do just want to leave everything behind no pun intended by saying to burn everything (laughs) behind and you know start anew but you want to get a fresh start in things and at the same time obviously he's still married to her and he clearly still loves her but there is that caveat of the fact that she is ill she's being looked after her family and he doesn't feel as if he's good enough and I do feel it's very human and I know I keep using that like a buzzword like slap on the box this is a human game Satsunami what did you think though? Well okay so I have a sociology degree so I studied a lot of like human trends and I hate to say this but it's statistically speaking husbands do leave their sick wives at way greater weight rates than wives leave their sick husbands and I couldn't help but even though I'm playing Henry just as a woman I imagine Julia's you know I get she's like forgetting things and stuff like that but she's have you ever like worked or seen people with dementia oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah so they they don't they're not always forgetting even when they're the worst every once in a while they remember and I just could not take the heartbreak of imagining her during those brief moments of remembering and knowing Henry Henry's not there. So like for me, obviously I'm like, I get it. It's a hard choice to have to make, but he couldn't have waited like one more year. Fire watching would always be there, (laughs) you know? And so like for me, even though I'm playing this character, I was already weary of him and his motives. Just like, I mean, especially as we get into this game and we start talking about Delilah, you know, it just felt like it was so, I guess like it wasn't easy for him, but at some points it kind of felt he was also forgetting in like his own way 
way. Julia had dementia, but he was forgetting in his own way. So I had a little ugh, knee-jerk reaction. My my own human reaction to his human <laughs> human reaction, I guess you could say. I have to admit, you do look at it and objectively, you can't really spin it objectively. It is wrong that he did go away and everything, but mm-hmm. it is like the sense of when you factor in that element of how obviously he's feeling with the whole situation. Again, I'm not saying it's right at all. It's not at all, but it does seem as if that's where that came from. And you're right, it is horrible that Julia could have woken up and got that glimpse of, oh, where's Henry? Yeah. And then just went back to that state of dementia. It's just, it's such a horrible thing. It's such a poignant way as well, though, to start a game, I have yeah. to say. It's not something you usually see, and it's not something I'm obviously demanding of games <laughs> to start doing, you know? I don't, I don't want to be booting up, uh, I don't know, just anything, you know, like a platformer or something, and it's like, your character's got an illness. It's like, oh no. <laughs> it's like, oh no. Can we not go back to the days where it was just like running Sometimes fast? Sometimes we just want fun, you know? We don't want to think of our problems. That's the point. You'll take your grit and you'll like it. It's like, <laughs> oh no. Please. But it is like such an impactful way because it's certainly, would you say it's an intro that you're not really going to forget? Yeah. Like it, you just right emotionally. It's like then you enter, I like to call it almost like a Wizard of Oz moment. You know, it's the black and white text opening that you still are feeling like these emotions. Oh no, something terrible is going to happen. But then it's like you wake up and everything's beautiful. And it's almost like, okay, now I'm skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> like now everything's gonna like catch me off guard because that was so heavy and now we're into the game and it's so pretty and you just always feel like there's something else about to happen when you start with such a high point I guess most games build up this just like punched you in the face <laughs> made you cry you know if I could describe it very flippantly I would definitely say this game's probably at least the intro is the equivalent of you know that old joke of anyway here's Wonder Woman. So it's like they start off with this very emotional, impactful story, and then they put you in like the middle of this beautiful scenery, and they're like, "Anyway, here's beautiful scenery. Yep. When you go explore, it's beautiful." And I'm like, "But what about Julia? What about <laughs> you know? You're like, you can't just do that. You can't just punch me in the face, game, and then say, oh, sorry, here's pretty colours.' I'm like, what is wrong with you? He emotionally mugged me." <laughs> I know, and now it's like, now you have all this backstory and nowhere to put it right away. <laughs> like You're like, yeah. okay, now I'm learning a job, I guess. Time to go walk up my tower, <laughs> you know? It was just so much that, especially first time playing it, you don't expect it. But do you think that's why Henry moves so slow in the game? Because he is carrying that emotional baggage <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Actually, actually, it's more if you look for your first person and you look down, he has little stubby legs. Yeah. Like, just little <laughs> legs. <laughs> that used to be my favorite part. And it does, it does take you out. So don't, like, a little bit of the emotional aspect. So don't do this if you're playing it and you want to feel emotions. But if you look down and run, his little feet just move really, really fast. But, like, they don't bend at the knee and they're really short. <laughs> he has really big hands and big fingers and little legs. So, <laughs> you do see pictures of them throughout the game. You don't really see the model <laughs> itself, right? Yeah. But can I just say how inspiring it is that they did get like a dad bod yeah. character and, you know, kind of short, beardy guy. You know, he's not your stereotypical, oh, look, he's got the chiseled jaw, giga charge kind of thing. No, it's like he's been camping. 
and that's about it. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like he knew he knew how to do things. But I loved how they did whenever he was like climbing or something. You always heard <sighs> like I was like, that's realistic. I'm glad they put that in there. <laughs> Because you would always like be out of breath. I gave like a little clap when I was playing. I was like, well done, game. Well done. <laughs> realism. And that's the realism we want in these games. It's like, oh my God, I relate with this character. <laughs> yeah. There was so many details in this game. You know, even though you didn't see, you don't see people, you don't see people characters besides like pictures, that it was still so easy to like believe yeah so like i mean there's so many items and objects that you can just pick up to look at you know like just just so much detail to everything i have to admit that was something i was quite confused at initially there's a scene at the very beginning as you know where you have to investigate who's setting off fireworks and then it turns out it's like these two teenage girls who are just you know being menaces to society let's face it (laughs) but of course you see them in the distance and they're like oh my god you're being a bit you know and all of this rubbish and they're just antagonizing Henry but obviously they're just silhouettes but then later on the only other silhouette you see is the and we'll get onto it later but of course one of the main antagonists of the game and they're just known as like unknown silhouette or something like that or unknown figure and that creeped me out something awful because I was like oh this is going to be you know like I've already had the emotional gut punch (laughs) you know before so that's why I'm limping back to the tower like oh this emotional baggage oh (laughs) And then I get out of this cave, and all of a sudden there's just this like heavy breathing guy looking over the hill, just like, oh. And I'm like, uh, are you a ghost? Are you a spy? Like, what, what, what's going on here? The mystery starts, and like, you have no idea. Yeah, like, that's it. At first, I did think it was haunted. I thought it was going to be some sort of like haunted thing happen or spiritual or supernatural or something because you don't get any context of who this figure is he's just there and he's watching you and i feel like being in the middle of the woods where we know henry had to hike two days to get to where he is not readily like there's no help anywhere that he can get within any length of time that would actually be helpful and now there's this man watching him like that's terrifying that's just terrifying because you don't know the figure's motives or anything he could come into your tower and then what what do you do (laughs) like that's it you know? I'm going to be honest. When I started this game, I had no idea this was actually a volunteering job. It makes sense. You know, I know there's like park rangers and everything and there's, you know, references to other rangers and things like that in the game. But I genuinely had no idea this was a thing in America, which obviously does make sense. We have them in Canada too. Oh, really? Yeah. So I used to work as a doula. We're like birth cheerleaders. Like we just go, you got this. You go. You go, girl. You know? And then well one of the doulas she was a doula six months of the year and then a fire watcher the other six months of the year so yeah and she would just go and she'd stay in the woods for like six months in like alberta or something (laughs) that that is one hell of a resume sorry (laughs) Yeah, and like she used to, she said she like was writing, I think she was working on a book, so it gave her time to write, you know, like that kind of thing. So I feel like if you're doing like a job like that, fire watching is perfect. Oh no, totally. It seems as if it's like the most remote, or not the most, but one of the most remote jobs they could probably have with great scenery and 
solitude, really. And I think that's kind of what adds to the creepiness of it all, because I'm not much of a hill walker. Like, don't get me wrong, I have done my fair share of walking through Scottish countryside, you know, <laughs> country paths like that. It's a completely different thing. It'll sound weird, but I always remember seeing Americans talk about their countryside's the wrong word, but you know, their rural yeah. areas and things like that, especially with this, where he's walking through the forest, it's like, oh, it's beautiful and everything, but it's just, it's so much different compared yeah. to like what it is in Scotland. I've seen this scenery before, but <laughs> comparing it to that, like I think if, as far as I know, I don't think we have anything like this in Scotland because it's so small, but I mean, if there is, I apologise to any, <laughs> you know, the Venn diagram of Chat Tsunami listeners, Scottish fire watchers in between, you know. <laughs> But I can't imagine, because it's so expansive, this whole area, it's not like it's like a small territory. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying like the countryside and the rural areas of Scotland are small by any means, or not. But compared to this, it's like there's so much that could be lurking in there. And yeah. if Netflix documentaries have taught me anything, it's never to go in the woods alone. So there's <laughs> always well, that. In America, national parks can be scary because not only are they so so vast. Yellowstone National Park, where this game is set, we are just in a section of it, is over like 3,500 square miles. I don't know what that is in real terms. <laughs> in America, they use miles, but it's really, really expansive. And people go missing in U.S. national parks all the time. And they don't always get reported because if you're not someone that someone knows you're at this park and will report you, then they go missing. And that's like a real part of like being in America. So like this was almost like an added realism to that when we talk like about the people that go missing and how the boss Delilah handles that. It seems like very American and what they actually do. It's terrifying. There's so much. And there is there has been bear attacks in middle America that's a thing that happens too like <laughs> these are real things that happen and it's ridiculous like we just I mean when I think America I don't think of Wyoming so it was funny to like research this because I, I did research it a little bit and like hear all this because that's not they're not that far away from where I am and I've never been that close to a bear I'll be honest I mean that's the thing that's keeping me out of Canada to be honest like I get <laughs> off the plane and all of a sudden I get mauled by a bear and I'm like damn my luck <laughs> You're more likely to get mauled by a coyote here right now. If you're in a city, if you're oh, in a lovely. city, it'll be a coyote. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll, I'll take my chances in like Edinburgh or Glasgow or something like that, where it's just like random people coming up to you. <laughs> I'll, be like, I'll take my chances with them rather than a coyote. <laughs> One of my co-hosts and uh, good friends, Andrew, who also does some of the other episodes with me, he also lives in Canada and he's been saying for ages for me to visit because he's like, oh, you should come over and, you know, we can do episodes together and things like that. But if he turns around to me and he says, you know what we should do while you're here? Let's go camping in Canada. I'll be like, no, my name's not Henry. No, I'm... <laughs> I'm going back in that place. You drive on our highways and there's like moose warning signs. Oh my God. <laughs> like, and that's a highway. That's like, there's a lot of cars there and they're like, watch out for the moose. <laughs> like, They'll total your car. I mean, the closest we've got to that, we've got like warning signs for deers if you drive oh, yeah. like further up north. But I mean, that's okay. I've seen the size of, I was going to say mooses, but then I remember people saying, oh, should it not be mooses? It's like, no, it shouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've seen, uh, well, not personally, and nor do I have any intention to go up to this and be like, excuse me, how tall are you? you know? 
that is one of my fears where if I, God forbid, ever got attacked or you're seriously hurt by one of these animals and then the headline misinterprets what happened is like, idiot tourist got mauled by a moose. And I'm like, no, that's not what happened. I just wanted to record a podcast. I was just making a TikTok, guys. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> Who knew that flossing beside a moose would cause serious bodily harm? Not me. Speaking of getting attacked by animals, did you know there's achievements in this game? where you can get attacked by animals what yes okay okay so i have almost all the achievements i'm missing two my second playthrough i actually got the bee sting achievement where there is a section where if you look a bee will pop out and sting you just for an achievement (laughs) just just for fun but apparently there is a raccoon somewhere that will bite you and then you get an achievement that says uh it's probably not rabies so that achievement is is there i have i have no idea where it is though so if anyone has plays this game there's a raccoon somewhere in the woods find him <laughs> i'm sorry it's just the thought of you marching through the forest like where are you raccoon i need that achievement i literally did like and I, after a while i gave up because i was like i thought i looked here i thought i looked here i don't have no idea i'm assuming maybe he pops up near the outhouse on a specific day or maybe i, I assume where there's trash he's a trash panda there has to be trash somewhere so i was trying to follow the trash but then i also kept cleaning it up because that was a nice nice little did you clean up the beer bottles and stuff oh yeah Uh yeah oh yeah i always got to play the good guy in video games so i was making sure to keep that park clean no i definitely did that as well it's a bit like you know when you play games like gta mm-hmm. and it's like oh it's boring causing carnage let's pretend that we're driving like a sane person <laughs> and, you know you drive like you, you follow the traffic lights and everything yeah, and you I do, do your turn signals yeah and you're like oh my god this is so fun <laughs> you're like passing the cops you're like i'm i'm in the lines you can't i'm following rules <laughs> like and you like i hold my breath for a minute i'm like i'm doing all the things no i totally know what you mean though although Granted, I did steal the radio from the teens because they were very rude. (laughs) And I'm a very petty man. So I was like, yep, I'm taking this. (laughs) I threw it in the water. (laughs) Well done. Well done. I, I didn't even realize I like accidentally picked it up. And then they were like yelling at me like, put that down or whatever the teens like yell. And so I just dropped it and I was right near the water. And then they're like, I can't believe you ruined it. And they were like yelling at me more and then they disappear. But yeah, <laughs> so I, I, that's what I did with that. Because <laughs> it's quite funny. I think if you answer your walkie talkie to talk to Delilah while you're holding the radio, she mm. actually goes, whoa, what's that? <laughs> you know, she's like, whoa, that's very loud music. It's like, oh, it's the teens um, radio and everything. You're like, okay, that's pretty. That's a nice touch and i do have to admit there are a lot of nice touches in this game Mm -hmm. like that and it definitely adds to the environmental storytelling i will say because there's a scene later on where the next time you come across the teens is well they've more or less gone missing you come across their camp and everything and their tents being torn up it is Mm -hmm. as if it's a bear you're like oh jesus am i gonna have to do a quick time event where i have to fight off a bear or something like (laughs) that ready for this i thought the same thing i thought there was going to be a bear attack so yeah and of course you've got the letter from them that says oh there's that pervert ranger and everything and you know there's a lot of like moments like that where it does set you on edge for a game that doesn't have any actual characters and by characters i mean models following you about other than those two instances at the very beginning oh it's very unsettling and the other moment i don't know if this made you jump as well but you know the moment where 
where you're fishing by mm-hmm. the riverside and then you come across the radio and you get knocked out. Yes. Oh my gosh. Scared me. <laughs> I jumped out my skin because don't get me wrong, I'm not that good when it comes to jump scares and things like that. But honest to God, when I saw that, I was like, ooh, a radio. Suck a punch. I'm like, oh. It's because you're like walking around and very like you're you're you've already been conditioned to like look for things in this game. So it's like when you see the radio on the ground, you're like, oh, okay, I just gotta go pick it up, like I did everything else. And then it just it tricks you. <laughs> it tricks you. It's like it's like you walked into a trap. You just fell for it. <laughs> Lulled you into a false sense of security. I like when the, you're walking to the to the water where the girls are and you see their like underwear. Did you pick it up? Yeah, and then yeah. after the <laughs> I was like, um, because initially I was like, oh god, don't tell me this is going to be like, you know, every horror film. I was going to specify, but let's face it, it's like every horror film with like team protagonists, where it's like, oh my god, they've gone skinny dipping. I'm like, there better not be an axe murderer in this forest. My poor heart can't take this. I just love how it calls you out for touching it. It's like, oh yeah, you're you're picking that up. That's gross. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> Henry keeps getting called out. I have to admit, I do like Delilah in this game. I do like the fact that there is that kind of light-hearted banter between the two. It's not just a exposition machine, if that makes sense. She's not just there to be like, oh, someone went missing last year. You know, she actually yeah. adds a lot to the game itself, you know, whether it be her insight or just acting like a real person. Well, that's what I was going to say. She's her own individual character. Even if no yeah. one's, like, playing her, she's her own individual character. She's doing things while you're doing things and I feel like that is like such a nice touch because she's not just a plot device she's having her whole own story going on like you know the first day she talks to you and welcomes you and then later on she apologizes because she was drunk when she when you came when she was first talking to you so she didn't mean to pry you know like you didn't realize that at the time because she was doing her own thing and I think that was a really nice touch I personally love her as a character hate her as a person yeah (laughs) understand that because I was thinking back to the very beginning of what you were saying about the relationship between Henry and Julia and everything Mm -hmm. and how it's bad enough that you ran away to Firewatch but then of course we get some late night I don't even know how to make this into a euphemism but you know what I mean what happens (laughs) Late night walkie-talkieing, yeah. Late night fire-watching, let's say. <laughs> you know, literally, late night fire-watching, because that's the first time you see the um, fire yeah. and you have to name. What did you call it? I can't even remember what the choices were, to be honest. I can only remember two. There was Fire Flapjack, Fire Delilah. Flapjack was the one I did, because I was not Same. naming this fire after Delilah. <laughs> I mean, would you be insulted if someone named a fire after you? Because I think I would be. <laughs> I'd be like, wow, rude. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be offended, depending on who it was. Who it was that named that fire? You know, if it was like a friend of mine, I'd be like, oh, are you saying I'm a firecracker? Ha ha ha. Now my name's going to be in the news. But if it was like someone that didn't like me, then I'd be insulted, I think. Yeah. I'd be like, <laughs> I beg your pardon. I'll show you a fire. <laughs> I'll show you a fire, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's of course the kind of the turning point of the game, I suppose, where things start to go wrong, where you're looking out and you see your first fire, as it were, and it's an uncomfortable scene, I have to say, because obviously on the one hand, you can look at this as Henry feeling alone and guilty about running away and everything, and he just wants that kind of companionship with someone who isn't really in the know, if that makes sense, just like an outsider. He just wants an outsider to confide in. 
in and get close to and everything. But yeah. on the other hand, come on, Henry, put your wedding <laughs> ring back on. God sake. Right? I was very conflicted with that. I was like, oh, God, Henry, you're not making it easy to like you. Are we supposed to like you? I think it was just, you know, like every time I just kept going, what? It's not about you, Henry. I'm so sorry, but your sick wife is not about you right now. So stop making, like, it just felt like he was making everything about him. And like, because his relationship with Delilah was just audio based, really, she could see him, but you don't really have him see her that I think he was able to put probably all the best qualities he loved in Julia onto this almost fictional person. Because I feel like, you know, it's almost the same with like online relationships. It's like if you are only having a relationship in that one form, it's so easy to put qualities onto this person that don't actually exist. So I feel like he was just able to kind of put all the best parts of Julia on her, think of her like he didn't know what she looked like really so he could picture it in his head for a bit that kind of thing you know and she was flirting right away day one so she made it easy for him which I I question because you know if I heard some guy was (laughs) had a sick wife at home I probably would not want to talk to them that way personally Yeah, I can't imagine many decent people would, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, so why are you here? Well, my wife's like, hello. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) no. Oh, you're completely right with the whole parasocial relationship thing Mm -hmm. going on there. Because you're right, he does definitely project all of these positive attributes, even though, as you said, it's clear that I I suppose you could say she's almost like a reflection of Henry. Like, they're both heavy drinkers. They're both very isolated. They're both trying to get away from something in real life. And they both are selfish. When it comes out that the teenage girls are missing, Delilah's first thing is, well, Henry, you were the last one to see them, so should I report it? And it's like, she's already putting it like on him when he was on the radio the whole time with her, you know, <laughs> like pointing out everything. And then no matter what your choice is, she doesn't report it anyway. And then she tries to be like, well, if I reported it now, Henry, you're going to get in trouble. And it's like, no, no, no. This is my first year as Henry here you're the boss of 10 years who didn't report it I think you're gonna be in trouble Delilah it just sounds like you're just putting it on Henry so she was doing like the same thing that Henry was doing with his wife just putting all his problems just because of on this person instead of owning anything and I feel like that's maybe that's what you need to be a fire watcher (laughs) maybe that's like a personality trait I mean, she is definitely, and don't get me wrong, I think that there's a lot of Firewatch personality traits, I suppose is the right <laughs> word. You know, I think feels as if there's a checklist, it's like, you have to be a heavy drinker, you have to be someone who is emotionally volatile, you have yeah. to have a dark and brooding past, which... <laughs> You know, when we talk about the antagonist of this game, you can see he also shares those traits with Delilah and um, Henry. So it's weird because you do want to sympathise with Henry at times, but there's just other times where you sit there and you go, Henry, my man, come on, stop donating Twitch bits to Delilah here. She's not that into you. (laughs) <laughs> what is your deal, man? Yeah, he's just running away, as you said, with his stumpy legs. Well, part of that is literally, like, I think that's what it is. Is like, it's the human part of it. Humans mess up. Humans make bad choices. Not all the time, but they do. And I feel like maybe that's one reason the game had so much emotional depth was just because you were playing as a not good guy. No matter your choice, you weren't the good guy here. Yeah, there's no real redemption as it were you do try to do the right thing at times but you know it's not like he turns around and says oh I was a fool for well he does like ruminate over (laughs) oh I was you know a fool for leaving Julia or anything but there's no definitive moment where he goes hold on I've been sitting for 90 days up a tower (laughs) 
<laughs> with nothing but a typewriter and a woman who keeps sexting me over this radio. <laughs> It's like, maybe I should be at home with my wife. Like, there's no moment like that. I do think the end of the game almost, like, it doesn't give Henry that moment, but it's almost payback. Because, like, we know Delilah's selfish, and her inherent last moment in this game is a selfish move. So after the fire takes over and everything like that, and you're running to Delilah's tower where the helicopter's gonna be, she doesn't even wait for you, dude. You put your effort into her over your wife, and she couldn't even wait for you <laughs> like i was like fair fair henry got what he deserved in the end i guess because i mean they even say is oh maybe you could come to boulder colorado with me and everything and it's like henry my dude the helicopter's right there like that's gonna be an <laughs> awkward thing you know talking to the pilot like so if you got anyone at home yeah i've got a wife with dementia but do, do you know if delilah's free you know you're like jesus henry come on calm down simmer down my man simmer down <laughs> And something that I did notice, and obviously it's supposed to be like a kind of extra, oh, look, that's cool. But earlier on in the game, Delilah asks what you look like and she draws a picture of you. And, you know, by the end of it, when you get to Delilah's tower, you sit down and you see that picture of yourself, you know, hanging up on the wall. And on the one hand, you can kind of think, oh, that's nice. They had like a personal relationship and everything or more a professional relationship. But then on the other hand, you can kind of think she gave so less of a you know what about him that she left the picture she drew of him to burn in a wildfire <laughs> Henry my man don't this isn't the woman you want to introduce to your folks I'm just gonna say it but that's what I'm saying they're the same they're both as selfish and she was just as self-absorbed as he was and she was probably getting the same kind of thing out of the relationship that he was And she, but she probably was more realistic in that it wasn't gonna leave the tower <laughs> like that's why she let it burn it was just part of that scenery she didn't want that in the real world do you think that's why she purposely like broke the lift like you know the lift to go over because i mean technically there is a scene where apparently if you go up there it says Mm -hmm. something like oh you can't use the lift because of i don't know some reason to obviously stop you from getting to that point early on in the game but you know like did she like break it and go oh no it's um broken (laughs) yes probably i would not be surprised like she says herself that she doesn't really talk to any of the other watchers and everything like that besides just like work stuff and I uh, personally I mean she's been there 10 years I wonder if every time there's a new fire watcher she just talks to them for that year and then that's it and then moves on to the next fire watcher I don't know I don't know Delilah's life but I mean she was getting pretty nosy with Henry day one so maybe that's why she doesn't talk to the other fire watchers been there done that I mean she can't keep getting away with this like flirting with (laughs) random fire watchers this is like an HR suit waiting to happen here I feel as if she's probably in the perfect job for that because if there's a wildfire, she can just go, oh no, wildfire, gotta go. Good, good, good. And she goes Bye. on the helicopter and is like, is she like a mastermind? <laughs> Well, and like most fire watchers probably only do it for like the one year. Like I I, yeah. I don't know how many career fire watchers there are. So just she's like, oh, you know, new guy might only be here one year. Let me see what his deal is and see if uh, I can drink and talk with him and have fun. <laughs> like I like it's all just a game to her. But um, shh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she doesn't even have stairs. They're just made out of whiskey bottles. You just like <laughs> clink up them. You're like, what the hell? There is like a half <laughs> bottle of tequila or something you yeah. see in her in her 
her tower and stuff like that. So I don't even know if it's right to call her a villain at times. <laughs> <laughs> what a human! What a human! What a human! Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, what a human being. That's what the motto of Delilah. this game. <laughs> We're all humans. But speaking of the third human <laughs> that we have in this game, obviously not including the two teenagers who, honest to God, as soon as they went missing, I was like, oh no. Anyway. <laughs> Back to the scenery. But yeah, of course, we've got this very serious and quite frankly disturbing undertone in this story. And there were so many moments, as I said, that completely pulled me out. And in a good way, like not in a bad way of, oh my God, it's a scary moment. But it was more moments where, you know, just the unsettling implications. Like there's a scene where you're out at night and you're talking to Delilah and she turns around and she's like, oh, why don't you crack open that bottle of whiskey or whatever? And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm out in the forest. She's like, ha ha, nice try, I can see you in your tower. And he's like, but I'm not in the tower. And I have to admit, that was one of the moments where I was just like, hey, wait a minute, I'm not in the tower. Who the hell's in my tower? So I had to like run back. I was like, I know. Oh, I, no. I hated that scene because then your next Same. like task is run back to the tower. I'm like, why would I do that? Yeah. There's someone there. <laughs> why would I go back? Like, I'm, I'm going to stay out here till they leave. Like, that's what I would have done. I'm like, do I look like a bodybuilder? <laughs> <laughs> With this dad board of steel. What do you expect me to do, Delilah? What if he has a knife or a gun or something? It's America. Anything could happen. It's a tower. There is only one set of stairs in and out. So if like, what if I'm running up and he's running down? What do I do? (laughs) But there's the thing as well, though. It's like Delilah's looking. And again, I know, obviously, it's a far distance. And she probably sees only the silhouette. But I'm assuming Henry doesn't look like... I'm going to spoil who it actually is here. So apologies. But, you know, it doesn't look like Ned <laughs> he doesn't look like Ned at all so again it's not like either she was too drunk or she just didn't oh, care about him it was dark wait a minute that's not your chiseled abs and rock hard pegs it's like no <laughs> That's actually a really good point because we know Delilah can see Henry well enough that she knows he's wearing cargo shorts because she does bring up his cargo shorts multiple, multiple times. So it's like she can see the silhouette of his clothes at the very least. So from what the pictures we've seen, Ned and him don't look a whole lot alike. So I'm going to blame it on Delilah's drinking problem. Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) She's definitely got beer goggles on for that point. It's like, oh, Henry. Oh, I love that moment last night where you had a machete running around. It's like, what is wrong with you, Delilah? Yeah, are we sure that Delilah wasn't the main villain here? Again? <laughs> I mean, if we want to get into Ned, so, you know, Ned and his son Brian were in the woods and everything like that, and Delilah knew she talked to Brian the most, but she was supposed to report them, and she didn't because she didn't want Ned to get in trouble because she was so fond of his son Brian, and then when we solve the mystery of what happened with Brian, that's kind of Delilah's fault. <laughs> like... Oh, absolutely. And then you have to like sit through and be like, oh no, it wasn't your, um, and then you look at the script, it wasn't your um, fault. <laughs> Fault? Is that French for it is your fault? <laughs> you know, like, the one thing I will say before we talk about, like, Ned and Brian's kind of storyline, the one thing I didn't like, I will say, and I don't know how you feel about this, is see when there was the whole conspiracy theory part where, and don't get me wrong, I like how it plays into the story where basically Henry finds the transcripts between himself and Delilah and, you know, how they had, like, steamy, walkie-talkie, rumpy-pumpy and all that. You know, it's the nice this way I can describe it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're doing great. That's the best description I've ever heard of. But he ends up, 
you know, finding that and he thinks that he's being tracked and everything and it starts to feed into his paranoia, which I think is like a very interesting theme because there's a moment where he starts to break down and he keeps saying to Delilah, like, what if none of this is real? I've got the same illness as Julia and everything. And that is such a heartbreaking moment because although, you know, Henry has done some terrible stuff, it is horrible for, you know, to think that, oh God, what if I am losing my mind? And obviously Delilah talks him down. It's a very human moment there. It's just a good contrast to even like the beginning because it's like, it's it's showing him almost having like a little bit of empathy for what his wife is going through. But then again, it is a bit awkward when you look at yourself and you're like, you're the one controlling. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, what if it's all in my head? What if it's a simulation? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> totally not not a simulation Henry you're you're a good man you're good I did like the transcripts and stuff there was so much again in the story that you could choose not to look at but you also could and you could get like more of a background of Delilah and stuff like that and more of like her story and and I thought that was like a cool touch that I mean her story is pretty boring she had like an ex and I think she's older than Henry slightly but she's been doing this for 10 years but it was it was just like a nice backstory to like everything else that's going on and it kind of shows how crazy Ned was after everything happened You get to see, uh, again, you get to see that kind of downward spiral of Ned's psyche after he loses Brian, and clearly he is, for good reason, like he is a veteran of the US Army and everything, so he's got that ingrained to him that he's really aggressive with his son, you know, he wants his Mm -hmm. son to be like a stereotypical, oh, you're a man, you have to climb these cliff faces and everything, and you have to do this and that, whereas Brian, he's a bit more sensitive, he likes, uh, as you see later on, he loves D&D even though it's not called Dungeons and Dragons it's called I don't know like yeah, some, some, some knock of like Dyson Dungeons or some I don't know <laughs> Dyson Delilah's let's say <laughs> You know, probably he loves that fantasy side of life, and of course, his father doesn't approve, and that's why he runs to Delilah. Which, let's face it, probably not the best choice, but hindsight's you know a wonderful thing. The one thing I didn't like though, and again, it is debunked, and it is probably the moment of the game where I got the most bugs when I was playing it, so maybe that factors into this. But it's like when you go to the camp and everything, and you see all the equipment for surveillance and everything, and it's like, oh my god, it's a government conspiracy or oh it's like a shady organization <laughs> the biggest sigh that i could muster at that point i was just like don't tell me it's gonna be a secret organization that you know oh they're looking after firewatch people it's like why <laughs> why what what is the u.s government doing spying on rangers and obviously we find out later that it isn't it's ned trying to frame this narrative and i like it in a way because it does show that although there is a lot in this game that it does feed into their paranoia it feeds into that idea of them self-reflecting to say oh why is this happening maybe because of x y and z but i would have been so mad i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i would have been so mad if it was like a government conspiracy usually people are like oh it is a government conspiracy but this is only one of the only times i'm like can we not have x files <laughs> in here can we not have the cia here for whatever reason or like the weird league of firemen coming in <laughs> 
<laughs> the, the first time I played it and I saw that part, I actually thought like if it was something government related or someone was spying, I didn't think they were spying on me. I thought they were spying on Delilah. I thought maybe it was Delilah was doing something else and Delilah because she just rubbed me the wrong way sometimes with her not wanting to report things because she does that multiple times. So like I was like, OK, maybe someone's spying on her and I'm just caught in the middle kind of thing was my first thought but I'm yeah I'm glad they did not go that route because I feel like that would have totally just ruined any emotional context that was going on there oh yeah so and so's dead but you know what the CIA were right it's aliens it was aliens this whole time it was the mysterious figure who was an alien (laughs) it's like no no you know Bigfoot was starting fires he got on a he got a pack of matches we got to get them back yeah he's in cahoots with Delilah Delilah gives him matches and he gets her Sasquatch whiskey. (laughs) And Delilah didn't report it. So... Do you think that's the real thing? She just flew away with the Sasquatch at the end? There never was a Delilah. It's like, what the hell have I been talking to? Well, we, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know. I guess we have, they have to make a Firewatch 2. Yeah, <laughs> Firewatch DLC. Happens. Yeah. What, Sasquatch Watch? <laughs> that would be such a good game. That would be, but it'd be terrifying. You know, turn around <laughs> the corner and just this huge Sasquatch, hey, what's up? Do you want but some matches? But it has to have some, like, emotional story where, like, your wife got some disease that made her really furry or something, so you leave her to come to the woods, and then all of a sudden you run into Sasquatch, and now it's, like reflecting on what you just ran away from it's okay to be funny it's like what (laughs) what is this game (laughs) 10 out of 10 game of the year oh my goodness i gotta learn how to program get on this going back to the quote-unquote antagonist of this game and again it's hard to call him an antagonist i mean don't get me wrong he does try to kill henry at some point so that's pretty antagonistic behavior don't get me wrong but it's quite hard to see this dad who obviously he wants his son to be much like him he wants him to be this like macho figure and everything and Brian just wants to be himself he wants to be this fantasy nerd for lack of a better term and keep in mind that this game takes place in I think it's 1989 the fact is that obviously being into fantasy novels and things like that it wasn't I mean obviously it was a thing but it was more associated with being a nerd and being very introverted don't get me wrong technically those still apply nowadays but it's not as much of a social stigma you know he also carried around like the disposable camera which you bring along and everything which I have to say I had a bit of an awkward moment did you use the camera? The first time I didn't really use the camera I think I kept forgetting and then by the time I got to the end I was like oh yeah but the second time I purposefully did because there's an achievement if you use all the film so the second time I did use all the camera yeah the only time I used it was to and after that this will sound morbid but I took a picture of Brian's body because I was like right okay <laughs> we'll need evidence right that's what I did too though <laughs> Because I was like, we need evidence in case someone says, oh, Henry, you killed Brian. I'm like, no, no, no. No, you look at this film. But what I didn't realise was that see at the very end when the credits roll, yep. it also includes your footage. <laughs> <laughs> so the only picture that I'd taken was a picture of Brian's body. And I was like, oh, oh my. Oh no. Very morbid indeed. I was like, I should have taken more pictures of like the scenery or Yeah, it's so beautiful of a game. You're like, I'm just walking by. You know, it's scenery, nah. You know, watchtower, nah, Delilah, nah. Body, ooh, snap. (laughs) Neat. (laughs) 
Look, but going back to Ned for a second, though, it's quite a horrible story. You know, he's a former Firewatch person who, I mean, he tries his best. He tries his best to be that father figure who's there for Brian and everything, but at the same time pushes him to the extent that Brian wants to prove him wrong by going down the cave area and he ends up falling, unfortunately, to his death. And the only person that knows he's there is Ned. So, of course, when he sees you climbing out the cave, as it were, he's like, oh, this is a bit of a problem, a bit of a coinkering. <laughs> you know, he tries to stop you by knocking you out, trashing the place, basically just acting like a general bear. Yeah. What did you think overall, though, of Nate's within this game? Well, I mean, he was creepy from the beginning because you don't know who he is or his motives, and as you get more and more of his story, it gets more and more sympathetic. Yeah, obviously, when he locks you in the cave, super creepy at that point. I do think with Ned, though, like, at the end, his ending is he's living in the woods. That's it. Like, there's no idea how long he's gonna live in the woods. No one would be able, able to find him. The woods are huge and expansive, like we explore so much it's such a large map but we're only like a small section <laughs> we talk about other sections of the woods where the other watchers are but we never like see them just with Ned's character it's another human moment it's <laughs> they're all human they're all making bad decisions with the bad hands they were dealt and uh, I think Ned would have gotten help if maybe Delilah had reported it so maybe it's all Delilah's fault <laughs> And on that note, thank you, but no, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're completely right. It's something that seems to keep going back to Delisle. <laughs> it's the first time I played this did not think about it this way the second time I played it I was like why is Delilah always wrong why <laughs> like why is she always just doing the wrong thing but I mean she does drink a lot there's even like a letter you find from one of the other fire watchers I think that's like a complaint or talks about like Delilah's drinking so probably it was just influenced by alcohol and she gets it brought to her she doesn't have to go to the cash boxes like everyone else does so she's getting, you know, all of her whiskey and tequila hand delivered to her tower. So no wonder she drinks a lot. Do you think she hears the clinking of the parcel? You know, and she runs immediately <laughs> to like the window of the watchtower. <laughs> You know, like, oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> it's Tequila Tuesday. <laughs> I'm assuming that they would have to helicopter it to her, right? So oh maybe she's God, just yeah. looking out. She's just like, and she's like, oh, sweet. So I just ran out. I just finished my last bottle. Perfect timing. And then goes and gets it. She gets like one little thing of bread and then the rest is alcohol. Oh, great. My heart medication. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't eat, it's just drinking all the time. That's what it seems like, because every time you phone, or rather you radio her, all you hear is just the clinking of the bottle and, oh, Henry, you're, uh, you're like, Delilah, are you okay? Well, and she rarely leaves her tower. She even says, she's like, I just do word searches while you're out running around. It's like, okay, Delilah, so you drink and do word searches and don't report things. What do you do? <laughs> How much does she get paid? I don't know, like, how much a firewatcher who's, like, a professional firewatcher gets paid, but... Ten years she's been Too there. much. She too gets long. paid too much. Yeah. yeah. She gets yeah. paid far too much for whatever she's getting. That's the moral of the story of this game. Delilah gets paid too much. Or do you think it's, like, uh, kind of going back a bit, but do you think it's the fact there's been budget cuts, you know, and the American government are like, okay, we can't pay you in money, but we've got these bottles of tequila. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would make so much sense though for her she's like you know i don't mind getting paid this little because i get free room and board for like three months you know 
she's like, I don't have to look for a place to live. I don't have to worry about feeding myself. I just get to sit here and do my word searches. Well, that's until there's an actual fire. And then... <laughs> and then she just leaves on a helicopter. <laughs> what does she do? <laughs> she just says, fire, and then leaves. She's like, I watched it. I, I did my job. I saw it. I watched it. I did report this one. And then leaves on a helicopter. <laughs> it's like that meme of walks in says nothing goes out without clarifying is like what are you doing I have to admit this has been a very eye-opening discussion of Delilah I have to admit I remember after the game I obviously looked up the reception of the game to see what other people were saying and there was a lot of people being like oh what's up with Delilah Delilah conspiracy theories is she the villain blah 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 and I never really thought much about it. It's a bit like when I played What Remains of Edith Finch and my friend mm-hmm. was like, oh, you should really play it. And I played it a couple of times. I thought, this is great. And again, it's one of these games that the first time I played Edith Finch, I was like, okay, that was a very emotionally charged game and everything. But then the second time I played through it, I was like, Edith Finch is a monster in that <laughs> yeah. game. And then it's just like this. It's like, Delilah's a monster. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's no way to spin it. Again, you know, going back to the trademark saying of the night here, <laughs> they're human. But I feel as if Delilah's a wee bit more human let's just say (laughs) than the rest of them maybe it's because she's been doing this for so long that she's built this pattern and so for us we're just walking in on her doing what she's probably been doing for the past you know seven years maybe not the first three years she was a fire watcher but definitely by year four she realized she could get all the alcohol she wanted and didn't have to move because she was the boss so oh Delilah (laughs) hey Hey there there, Delilah Delilah. (laughs) (laughs) you know I wanted to work the joke in and I was like, no, don't say it, don't say it. Like, <laughs> genuine, it's a bit like, have you ever met someone in your life called Caroline? Oh, and, yeah. And you know, immediately the first song that comes in, Caroline, dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. And then they obviously, they look at you as if, wow, I've never heard that joke before. <laughs> before, you know, never talking to you again. I feel like... <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what drove Delilah to drink. Do you think like all the new fire watchers were just like, hey there, Delilah, Delilah. what's it like in your loop tower? You know, oh. And so she just started doing shots every time someone did said that. You know, she could have done something like productive, like just change her name or give people a nickname to call her by. But instead, she decided it was easier to drink. So that's how she solves all her problems. Yeah, but that's like one of the things in the game, though. She does turn around and she says something like, I can't remember what she called henry but she calls him something else and he's like oh no it's henry and she's like oh i like that better and it's like what is your deal (laughs) i feel like because we're talking to her through like we're not visually seeing her that there we also don't know when she's drunk so sometimes when we're talking to her she could easily be drunk and we have no idea unless she like explicitly tells us so that really makes like the second playthrough some of the conversations make a lot more sense if you just imagine her drinking oh yeah absolutely (laughs) it deserves a second playthrough for sure to be like (laughs) wait a minute this isn't fair at all (laughs) although i'm laughing i'm just looking at the plot summary of this game and this is what the wikipedia page says by the way i just want to point this out (laughs) okay this is about brian's death and you know the scene where ned confesses to everything and he says brian's death was accidental and because of the climbing and experience he fell and you know Mm -hmm. all all tragic yeah this is the penultimate sentence of the plot summary despite ned's confession delilah blames him for brian's death and leaves (laughs) on the rescue helicopter 
That just summarizes her whole character. It really does. Maybe she is like Henry if he keeps going in this direction. I like to think maybe after this, Henry goes back to his wife and takes care of his wife for, you know, as long as she's there. You know, like maybe if, even if it's not in like a romantic capacity, sometimes that happens. But I feel like he still would take care of her because if he doesn't, he's going to turn into Delilah. If he goes back to Firewatching the next summer, he's Delilah and he'll be the next Delilah. Firewatch 2. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be singing Hey There, Henry. Firewatch 2 is 10 years later where he's now the manager because Delilah was fired and you're a new person coming in talking to Henry on the walkie-talkie. Are you implying that Delilah didn't just take that helicopter and escape to like Mexico or something? <laughs> It's like, I'm going to go. Okay, we found the source of the fire. It's like a sacrifice circle of tequila bottles. Like, why, <laughs> why is this in the middle of the forest, Delilah? It's just like, oh, no idea, no. <laughs> no idea. I'm in Mexico. I have no idea. No, no, say. It's it, like, was, oh. it was Henry. It was Henry's fault. He was the last one there. It must have been him. I know. Uh, yeah, of course. And that's why he's like, well done. <laughs> well done, Henry. You're fit for the job. <laughs> like, I'm sure there's commentary in there, but you know what? <laughs> listeners, like, decide. <laughs> we talked about the emotional. We talked about the gameplay. We talked about the beautiful scenes. And then we talked about Delilah's terrible, terribleness. Just, you know, she's human, but she's like the most human. Oh, absolutely. Most human, yeah, in this game, I think. You, you could really... <laughs> <laughs> you could really slap that on the front of the box. Just these characters are human. <laughs> what does that mean? They're human. Just trust us. The only one who's not human is Brian, and that's because he's been by default taken out the equation. Well, he was also a kid, so he didn't have like a long enough timeline to really build a character. <laughs> so, like you know, true, yeah. true. And yeah, the teenagers end up they go missing and they turn up on a farm and everything. And yeah, they're fine. They were fine. <laughs> they were a red herring. There's one thing I do want to ask you about, and it's the, of course, ending. And it is something we've talked about quite in depth about Delilah's horribleness. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm sorry, I had to return to my home planet, you know, just this bit at the end. Delilah died on her way to her home planet of Firewatch, you know. <laughs> But like, what were your thoughts about the ending? Because when I was reading about this, there is a lot of people who hate this ending. A lot of people who are like, oh, it's anticlimactic, it's terrible, you know. Maybe not the worst ending. Like, there are worse endings out there, but what were your thoughts of it the first time you played through? Yeah, I was going to say, there was like a difference in the first and the second time. So the first time I played through, I actually, I feel like I was hopeful. I felt like maybe Delilah's there, you know? So you're running through the smoke-filled forest and you're heading to trying to get to her as fast before she leaves and so I thought maybe she would be there like maybe there would be a character there that I can like see so it was almost another loss like it started with a loss and it ended with a loss the first time because I didn't realize Delilah was again as horrible you know I kind of liked the relationship <laughs> between Henry and Delilah and so I felt like you know it was just another loss for to have to experience the second time I played through and I realized Delilah's human traits I was like if she leaves this relationship is done and of course she leaves <laughs> so I was like there, there you go 
there you go. She made her choice. <laughs> so second time, I was like, Henry deserved this. <laughs> he deserved it. I didn't hate the ending. I thought it was a good way to wrap it up without leaving too many loose ends. And then you can kind of infer what you got from that game. Because not everyone got the same dialogue. The story is the same, but you don't always have to like let Delilah know everything and stuff like that. So I feel like just how you played that relationship is what you get out of the ending, I guess. Yeah, there's a really weird playthrough I saw where it was like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this challenge run where Henry doesn't talk. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> just you don't answer Delilah. And it's the weirdest thing because Delilah's constantly talking to you and you just don't reply. And I was like, well, obviously, I think there are moments where the game forces a reply and everything, yeah. but everything else is like watching the um, fire, like flapjack and everything. It's just like silence, silence. <laughs> It's like playing Ocarina of Time, Feet, Fire, what? You're like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny but it's just so unnerving <laughs> yeah silence is awkward I do think this game would have been better if they added more music there was music during like specific scenes but a lot of the forest walking there wasn't really any like a whole lot of ambiance I don't think audio wise so I think that's one thing this game could have used in my opinion is like foresty music ambiance while I'm just like getting lost because I got lost a lot the first time same there were some moments where it was like oh go out and try and fix this power line and I remember <laughs> looking up and seeing like in the distance all these power lines I was like oh <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to walk up. <laughs> you know, I got lost so many times. One of the ones I hated, and after I met, this is like the kind of few criticisms I would have of the game, is there's some moments where it isn't as clear to tell you where you're supposed mm-hmm. to go. There's one where you have to find, I think it's like the tracker or some device, and it's buried deep within this random side. I don't even know what you call it, you know, like a side bit. And you're like, oh God, you go in and then of course you find it. But I was like running around like, an idiot because the detector would beep and everything and then it wouldn't beep and then it'd beep again I'm like I have no idea are you expecting me to run through the whole of this map with this pitiful beeping machine you might as well strap a Tamagotchi to my wrist and say go forth Henry go forth and find this cycle that's stalking you what am I supposed to do but of course I looked up the thing and as much as it is good for the ambience I don't know like this might be controversial to say but there were some moments where I was like you know maybe a waypoint wouldn't have been as bad in some bits. <laughs> and I know the whole point is you're supposed to explore the area. Yeah. All I can say is I'm not a good map reader. I'm more yes. a historian oh gosh, than yeah. I am like a geographer or a map reader. So I was just getting lost constantly looking at my map going, I have no idea where this is. You can't really walk and look at the map at the same time. And so that, that was like my issue because I have the memory of a goldfish. So I would look at the map and be like, okay, I need to go to this and then go right. And then I'd walk, 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 and I'd be like, I'm lost. I look at the map. I'm completely not where I'm supposed to be. And I'm like, but I followed the directions in my head that the map said to follow. Where did I get turned around? <laughs> you know, like where? And so, yeah, so that was, I can't tell if that was just me being bad at games or whether it was just a flaw in the game. But I like, I get it. You are in the woods. It's still within borders. So you're not going to be lost forever. So... <laughs> But then again, there was that scene where, as I said, I jumped where you get sucker punched in the back. I was like, oh my god, what's happening? (laughs) And then that tension was completely destroyed when I was just walking up and down the stream like a jackass. Like, I have no idea where I'm going. I'm like, am I supposed to go this way? No, I'm supposed to go that way. And the only saving grace was when Delilah would come on the radio and be like, oh, you you know, how are you getting on? And I'm like, okay, I am going the right way. 
right way then i must be going the right way because you're talking to me <laughs> signal a day drinking yeah <laughs> She probably still was day drinking. She probably still was. She just wanted to check in. I was the kind of person I'd imagine, you know those glasses you get where it's like a straw as well? <laughs> yep. She's the kind of person I can imagine she's wearing them and she's like talking to me like, oh, you're you're doing good, Henry. Yeah, just... just she's wearing moment. one of those drinking helmets, you oh, know? Oh God, she would. <laughs> she absolutely would. Can you imagine if you got to the lookout tavern and it's just that waiting for you? <laughs> just like, oh, Henry, <laughs> nice to see you. She's also like four. 40, I think in the or like yeah. early 40s and she doesn't go anywhere and she just plays crosswords so she's probably out of shape drinking all the time so like in my head this character I'm just like imagining her and she probably looks closer to like 60 <laughs> so I'm just like thinking in my head I'm like I want to know what Henry was picturing <laughs> it's like the ultimate catfish <laughs> That's literally what it is. This is like Firewatch catfishing. Oh, yeah. Well, I would pay to watch that show. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Firewatch catfishing? They should make it a special. I don't know if they'll have enough Firewatchers to make it a show. <laughs> but that, you're completely right, though. It's like she works in the sun. She barely goes outside, as you said. Maybe she goes outside. We don't know that. But the main thing is, as you said, she day drinks. She does a crossword. She sits there. She's in a very hot environment. And I'm saying before the fire. So for mm-hmm. 10 years she's got like the sun lashing down on her so skin's gonna be all like leathery yep. <laughs> and she'll look like a british tourist in Bedadorm. you know she'll be just <laughs> completely fried you know and of course i don't know if henry thought she looked like an anime waifu or something <laughs> you know can you imagine he's like oh wow it's Delilah, the love of my life, and comes to terms with that. Yeah, because I mean, his wife was probably beautiful, and then she got dementia, and now he's gonna leave her for leathery Delilah. So. The leathery husk of a 10 year veteran of the Firewatch. is like, yeah. Until Delilah gets liver cirrhosis, and then he'll join another long term career. Maybe he'll go on an oil rig for that game. Yeah, or like an Arctic research thing. It'd be <laughs> yeah. like, am I making the right choice? choice. <laughs> Do you know what it reminds me of? I don't know if you frequent Reddit very much, but there's a... Have you ever heard there's like a subreddit called Am I the Asshole? Oh, yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, sometimes they are genuine questions, but you get people who are just so obviously not all there, and they're like, yeah. am I the asshole for saying this absolutely abhorrent <laughs> thing? But they stole the last chip from my plate or something, and it's like, that doesn't justify what you just said. And that's what I feel like Henry would be. I feel like he would be the guy to go on that subreddit and be like, am I the asshole for leaving my dementia-ridden wife to live in solitude in Wyoming? Of all the places you can go, you go to Wyoming? You're the asshole for Wyoming alone, but (laughs) after that... Also, uh, for legal reasons, that's a joke. I have no idea if Wyoming <laughs> is nice, but... It's okay. <laughs> I'm assuming. I'm assuming it's a lovely place. <laughs> you know, Eve, definitely, there's just such that disconnect. But again, again, to semi-justify his actions, he is human. He's not dealing with it, clearly. He's not yes. dealing with it very well. Is there anything you want to say about the game, just in summary? Just in summary, I think the game still holds up. And even though I didn't like certain things, my second playthrough I'm still really there was still so much to discover in playing it again so it does have good replayability again the graphics are great the voice acting is phenomenal and I think that's one reason it makes it so believable too and so I recommend if you've listened to this and haven't played it why also play it 
totally agree with that. If you haven't played it, definitely play it. It's relatively cheap, as far yeah. as I remember, on like Steam and usually the Xbox. It goes on sales. I mean, if you're buying it on the Switch, that's your fault for... <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've got the Nintendo tax. That is that is on you. That is not on us. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, fair. Fair. Apparently what I didn't realise was that this game, as I said, this game came out and this is me reading the Wikipedia page. This game was released in February 2016 for Windows OS X Linux in September 2016. This was released for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Can you guess when the Nintendo Switch port was? Uh, 2020. Uh, close. 2018. <laughs> okay. So like two years later. I was going to say, it's probably something ridiculous because they're always late. Why? I'm, I'm not being funny, but this game doesn't seem the most taxing. Like, it's got beautiful scenery for its range and limits and things, but it's not exactly one of the most taxing games I would say. Like you're not going to be playing this in ultra graphics or anything. I mean if there's mods for it that would be awesome but and by mods I mean for the scenery. I don't mean to like photoshop Delilah's leathery husk <laughs> into the Overwatch tower. <laughs> Out of the tower. Honestly, see if there's a mod for that, please somebody message us because I would love to see that. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> yeah, just like a cardboard cutout. Oh, God. In fact, do you know what it reminds me of? Going back to what I said about Benidorm, there's like a show called Benidorm and mm-hmm. there's a character in that that she's the kind of granny figure and she's got like the very dark skin because she's out in the sun all the time without sunscreen and she's got the bleach blonde hair. Now I'm just imagining that's just Delilah. I'll send yeah. you a picture later to show you but that's, that's honestly how I imagine her to be just scooting around being like oh yeah I'm the bombshell though I it's like you're not <laughs> you're like 42 and you look 55 like what are you talking about how is this possible <laughs> The forest looks better and there's just been a wildfire. <laughs> Sorry, going back to the positives. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely recommend this game as well. I do think that narratively, it's a fantastic game. You're not going to regret playing Firewatch, I will say. You're not going to regret going into this game and saying, oh, it's a waste of time, because it's not. What I will say is, though, there are some frustrating moments with the gameplay. That's all I'll say. Like, when I got to the camp and you know how you have to look through the files and things? Yeah. My game glitched because I was trying to look at different items but kept looping the same dialogue over and over again. I was like, oh oh, they have been spying on us and then I looked at the typewriter, oh they have been spying on us and then I look up playthroughs of it, it's like that's not what he's supposed to say and you know, I genuinely thought I was stuck at that point so. Oh that's annoying Yeah, I think like if you play games then you probably should just play it once at the very least, it's one of those games I think every gamer should play once but at the time, I mean Firewatch was there at one point and it's just one of those games that I think if you play games and you especially if you like story driven games definitely for you and I don't think it would like it's not a waste of time and it's it's relatively short it's relative like depending on how in depth you want to look into things you can play through it fairly quickly I think in about three hours would you say maybe yeah. three or four hours it's not overly long I think the longest bit for me and after that I think that's what adds you to the stress because I had two days to play this game <laughs> Because it was going off a game pass and yeah. the speed those stubby legs were racing going through <laughs> Wyoming. Being like, okay, I love the story and everything, but I gotta run because I don't have time to waste. If I waste time, I don't finish this game and it's going off a game pass. That's my fault for not playing it. So I was like, okay, Henry, go, go, go. Find a go, go, go. But yeah, don't be like me. Buy the game because I actually I have 
have to admit, I did buy the game on Steam because yeah, I did I enjoy it so Steam. much. Yeah. yeah, like I did really buy it. So definitely, if you haven't played this game, absolutely check it out. It is definitely worth your time. And yeah, on that note, Jess, thank you so much for yeah taking part in this episode and discussing not only Firewatch, but the deviancy of Delilah, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Talked a lot about uh, human psychology and just, you know, how hard it is to be human. So uh, go us. We, we brainstormed future games like Sasquatch. I think that's what it should be called. Sasquatch. <laughs> Yeah, cool? I agree with that. That's better than mine, Sasquatch Watch. No, that's that's rookie tier. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love talking indie games. So I'm, I'm very. Uh, this was a great use of my time because I love I loved it so much. Well, you're always welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any other game you're always welcome back to talk about it yeah if it's an indie game then yeah definitely invite me back but before we wrap up this episode where can the lovely listeners at home find your content all my content okay so I am one of three members of a podcast called Opinionated Lushes we are 18 plus so don't look for us unless you're 18 plus but you can find our podcast Opinionated Lushes wherever you get your podcasts if you want to check out our merch store and other things we do search up our link tree slash opinionated lushes and you can find all of our links there i personally do music as well i've had music on hbo shows mtv that kind of stuff so uh, you can find me jessica hart h-a-r-t wherever you get your music and again i have a link tree slash jessica hart music if you want to keep up to where i'm playing shows and everything else with that and i also stream video games on twitch so go to twitch.tv slash variety jess that is me and um currently playing scary games because i can only play scary games if i have an audience watching me because i can't do it by myself so yeah those are all the places you can find me and uh yeah that's it. No, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to find more Chatsunami content, or of course this episode, in which case you probably are listening to this episode <laughs> on there. So you know what? I- I'm just going to remind you just in case you forgot. <laughs> in case you went away to play Firewatch and you're like, yeah. where can we find other episodes? So you can find Chatsunami on podpage.com forward slash Chatsunami. And of course you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and all good podcast apps. Just look for The Red Panda and we'll see you there but until then thank you all so so much for listening to this episode stay safe stay awesome and most importantly stay hydrated but preferably without delilah's tequila (laughs) (laughs) i I just want to point that out for legal reasons (laughs) without that but yeah